Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. I am the editor-in-chief for Imperial Esports, and welcome to day nine of our EU LCS team-by-team breakdown here at the Rough Drafts podcast. I am joined, as always, by my good friend, Walter Fedchuk. Walter, how are you doing, man? I am doing very well. I'm I'm sad and also glad at the same time to be uh, almost done with all of our podcasts. It means that the season is uh, is right around the corner. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, you know, this has been one of those things where we've been building our anticipation. We've been doing so much research, so much, you know, watching over film and getting all of our thoughts together on all these teams. And it is about to pay off. But before we finally hit that point, we've got Giants Gaming to talk about today. And Giants are an interesting team, a team I don't think either of us thought a lot of going into the split last split before uh, X-Pepe just went absolutely insane and managed to get them to a playoff spot. They have now done their best to replace two of the potentially weaker links on this team. Adam, from a challenger team called Terracotta Army, apparently, replaces Whirlib in the top lane. Ku, from Vortex, replaces Frederick in the jungle. And X-Pepe, Adri, Godfred, and Lozark all remain on this roster. Now, Walter, when you look at this team, what are your first thoughts? So when I look at this roster, I feel like they may have slightly upgraded in the jungle, but those two positions still feel like the weakest part of, of this roster. It's, it's kind of weird when you look at it that they would make changes and not make very, very good changes, especially when they're going away from this even further. Uh, they're going away from having this old all Spanish lineup even further. They added Godfred uh, last split and now adding Adam and, and Koo. So I'm intrigued to see if X Pepe is able to expand on what he was able to do last year. He did really, really well on poke and, and long range style style mages and, and like uh, Varus and Kogma and the like. So I'm curious to see if he's taking that next step and adding even more into his repertoire. Yeah, and that leads us to the most exciting storyline with this team is, Walter, when you look at it, what kind of growth do you think we can reasonably expect from Pepe this split? Because he is going to have to be that guy who is the main threat to this team if they're going to be successful. So he has, has to, has to, has to get better at the other types of champions. He wasn't he was good, but he wasn't great when he got outside of his comfort zone, which, like I said, was those long-range style players. Uh, you know, he had five games on Varus, three on Ezreal. Victor was awful. He was 0-3 on Victor. He had a, a 2.50 KDA. Just just wasn't really good when you got off of these kind of long-range, pokey-style uh, mid-laners. So we really need to see him expand, get better at the the kind of control mages, he never played Azir last year, ever. And Azir was one of the most popular mid lane picks the entire year. So expanding his champion pool and adding to it, you know, these control mages, adding to it if they ever shift to assassins, playing more assassins, getting better at Zed, getting better at Ari, getting better at LeBlanc. When he does that, he will actually start to really climb the ranks and really contend with guys like Power of Evil and and, uh, and Fabivit at the top of the mid lane rank. But until he does that, until he becomes something other than just a poke-style mid laner, he's never going to be considered a top-tier European mid laner. 
And that's the thing, right, is that when you look at this guy, what are the things that you look in his favor? He had the third fewest deaths amongst mid laners, which is great as a general rule. But it wasn't like he was getting a ton of kills or assists. He was sixth in both of those. He had somewhat positive laning stats, but not incredible laning stats, which some of it's going to be the champion pool. But the fact that he was ahead in CS at 10 minutes, that was a positive score, and behind in gold differential tells you that he was probably not doing the other things that you need to be doing with your early game. His CS per minute, damage per minute, these were all incredibly high, but all of that is inherent in that point you made so eloquently about just how limited his champion pool was. He was playing a ton of poke, a ton of guys that could just do huge amounts of damage per game if they're allowed to get to that mid to late game. But there's a reason this team went 8-11 and 11 last split, and it's because, you know, take away the Varus, take away the Kog'ma, and the Zareth, which was banned out a lot of the time during the, the little bit in which that was popular, because that was something he'd done very well with in the spring. And suddenly, every other champion you look at with him has a losing record. That's a problem. There's a whole bunch of different ones he threw out there. He threw in a Victory, he threw in a Jace, he threw in a Yasuo, a Lucian, LeBlanc, Oriana. He played them all, and all of them were bad. And that's a concern. And I, I know what a lot of people will say, oh, but he didn't have great teammates around him. And that's true. But at the same time, I don't know how much better that issue has gotten. The one exception might be Koo. And let's talk about Koo, Walter, because Koo is a guy that if you've been following the League of Legends Challenger scene, even a teeny bit, you've heard about how Koo was going to be the next great jungler for like two years now. And he's finally, finally made it to the LCS. Walter, do we finally get to see the hype that surrounded this guy's career justified? I I don't think we're going to see the hype justified. And I think it's very interesting and that I'm glad we finally got into Giants. Giants. We have talked about vitality and elements because I think Shook, Gilius, and Koo are all kind of very similar. With Shook obviously being at the much higher end of that, Gilius kind of being in the middle, and Koo at the bottom because we haven't really seen him all that much. Of these kind of guys where they can control a game, they could absolutely go off and play a great jungle game or they can tilt off the face of the earth and just play terribly and you wonder what, you know, you feel like you're watching Santorin at Worlds. Ha ha ha. They don't seem to exist in the game. So I'm excited to watch this trio of junglers, this trio of semi-inexperienced guys. Shook has had some, some moments in the LCS and seeing where they evolve and where they go. Do I think Koo is going to become like the next, Yon- the next Yonkos? No, not at all. But I think it's interesting and that if he plays above average, that gives Giants a couple more wins here and there, which could be the difference between relegation and non-relegation. It's going to be really interesting to see how this comes together. Now, the first thing I should point out about Koo is that his first words as a Giants player are, Hi, my name is Koo, and I'm toxic. That's literally... The first thing in the Twitter that they released, which I'm sure they thought was really funny. But that's not what I or I think any Giants fan really wanted to hear because this is the thing that has surrounded him this entire time. He, he is 
very aggressive. He has an ego. He's hard to get along with. It's the same kind of problems we talked about with Gilius. And, and here we are now. And Ku's going to have to prove that his game is strong enough to make up for that. And when you looked at what he did in the Challenger Series last year in North America, that didn't necessarily happen. Uh, his KDA was 2.0 uh, amongst all junglers who played three or more games. That's not great. Uh, he had a terrible time warding the map. He was last place in, uh, in wards placed per minute and wards cleared per minute. So his vision is atrocious, which isn't going to help Pepinero out at all, uh, especially as he's adjusting to these new champion pools. Uh, yes, he did tons of damage per minute. His effective gold per minute is fine. His kill participation was great. He did some things around the map, and he had a lot of burst. He has pure mechanical skill that people have been talking about for a while, but any of the stuff that you talk about with Ku as being a positive, it's the individual play, not the team play. It's his individual ability to get kills and, and go for these huge damage builds on his junglers, not the vision, not the assists, and not in minimizing risks for the rest of his team by making sure that his death count stays low. And that's the concern for me, is just that this guy seems so single-minded on a team that needs a jungler to really help them out that it's, it's going to be tough, especially because, you know, when we get to our biggest fear here, Walter, what happens if poke midlaners are no longer in the meta and someone else other than X-Pepe needs to carry this team? If X-Pepe hasn't changed his champion pool, hasn't added to his champion pool, then we have some other issues with this team besides who else is going to carry. He needs to change his champion pool. If he does, and it's just not effective enough, and he has trouble on it, I, I think you have to look towards Adre and, and Godfred in the bot lane, and they have to be the ones that step up, something that they weren't able to do last year. I think Adre on a, on a few champions was able to to step up in a couple of instances and provide uh, a, a significant backup. Yeah, Ezreal uh, is Ezreal. He was able to provide some backup to Pepe and provide a, a secondary kind of carry threat. But Ezreal is not very good right now, guys. He's okay, but he's not very good. So he needs to get better at all the champions. And it's not like he has a small champion pool. He played a ton of champions last year. But he needs to get better at them across the board because if Pepe can't carry, everyone's going to look to him as the, you know one of the returning members and one of the only two remaining members of when Giants got back into the LCS. So I, I think it's going to come down to Adre, but I'm not sure if he's good enough to do it. Yeah, it's it's rough when you look at Audrey, especially how he did in the playoffs. Um, he did not look prepared for that particular tournament. He just seemed like he was getting caught out of position the entire time. He was the only AD carry at that tournament to make Vardogs look great. And this is the thing about Audrey, right? He'll put up some great damage number. He does a ton of damage, gets a lot of kills. He also dies more than any other AD carry, and that's the problem when you need someone to carry games for your team. You need to be able to rely on him. You need to rely on the positioning and what he's able to do on a you know play-by-play basis, really, so that you get some consistency from it, so that you can trust in it, so that the rest of the guys can do their job and stay even, and it'll be enough. 
And Audrey doesn't offer that kind of stability. There's nothing in his game that offers that. And even if he, you know, if at the very least he had some good early game numbers, like he had some good CS in the first 10 minutes, that would be something. He was ninth in that. So it's not even that he's winning lane. He's just doing tons of damage by going ham all the time, which basically means he's Woolite. I got to be honest, you look at his and Woolite stats next to each other, they're basically the same player in a lot of ways. And there's a reason that Woolite isn't on an LCS team right now. I am very, very concerned for, for Audrey this split. I think he can be exploited quite a bit. But Walter, I'm sensing something. I'm sensing your crystal ball is lighting up here. Walter, what are you, what are you sensing? So I am sensing that Pepinero will not be on this roster come summer. He will not be part of wow. Giants come summer. That's that's what I'm sensing. He, I don't know if it's going to be another challenger roster. I don't know if it's going to be another LCS team. But I don't think he's going to be part of the Giants gaming organization after this summer. Or after this spring. And I think it's good. I think he's going to go to a place sort of like Orion where Orion was re- is sort of phasing out Xpeke and they need another kind of mid laner that has a a bunch of uh, uh a bunch of of talent and has a very high ceiling and I think that's what's going to happen with him is that you know maybe in H2K gaming if Ryu doesn't work out or if Ryu wants to retire you know a, a team like that where they're looking for an upgrade in the mid lane that has a lot of a lot of potential with a couple of little flaws yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see kind of where he goes. It does it does feel like if this team doesn't figure it out early, you know, we're gonna find out very quickly. Is it X Pepe's fault or is it the rest of the team's fault? And if it's X Pepe being unable to be flexible and make the kind of moves and expand his roster in the, in, of uh, of potential champions in the way that he needs to then yeah, it's going to be really hard to justify keeping him around because the meta changes too often. You, you have to be more versatile than that. But on the other hand, if he does make that leap and it's guys like Audrey or Ku or Adam that are tearing this team apart, that's going to be a harder problem for Giants to fix because this is a team that doesn't have a ton of money to their name, hasn't proven to be a super influential organization when trying to get big name free agents. That's when it gets hard, and it's not impossible. Certainly, uh, this team has some things going for it that could play together well, but it's going to take some elements coming together for this to really mesh the way they want. But Walter, at the end of the day, where do you see this team? So unfortunately for Giants, I think that there, there are more talented teams that are probably going to take up those fifth and sixth seeds in the playoff, G2 Esports and, and Splice. Um, so it's really going to come down to Giants avoiding relegation and – the problem is Unicorns of Love, Rocket, Elements, and Giants all have similar kind of constructions here. Of They have a couple of pieces that seem to look really good. They have a couple pieces that seem to look not so good. It's going to depend on one, maybe two people keeping them afloat. So there's going to be this sort of battle among these four, se- four teams of who stays out of relegation. And who, you know, who gets that seven spot and who's going to play against these challenger teams that, you know, I watched Millennium and Huma and they both look pretty strong. 
Yeah, it does seem like they're going to be in that spot, just trying to fight for their lives. And unfortunately, if they're the nine seed here, which is where I tentatively have them, I don't have to turn in my final power rankings yet, but that's tentatively where I have them here. They won't get to pick their opponent. And there are enough really strong teams in the European Challenger Series where that alone could be the difference between whether they stay or go. I I don't know. I'd love to believe that this team could figure it out. I'd love to see them surprise some people because I think there are some fun players there. But I I, I don't see how Adam is is an improvement over what they had in Warlib. It's just so unproven and in a way that it's it's not like he hasn't been around it's just that he didn't do anything really worth noting and that's kind of a concern uh you know we have ku who's been around and there are a lot of teams that could have had him at any point and there's a reason that giants is where he signed uh i i just i I don't have a lot of faith in him but i would love to see them prove me wrong because it's going to be a lot more fun this split if Giants can surprise us like they did last summer. But that's a podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, you can find more of these podcasts on soundcloud.com slash esportsgamblinghour and on iTunes if you just search esportsgamblinghour. And if you subscribe, you'll be able to get all of our podcasts as they come out. We've got one more preview tomorrow, but there's also the other eight outside of this one for Europe and the nine that we've released already for North America that are totally worth listening to. And you should go get started on that if you've missed any of them. And of course, once you have listened to these, you should go find Walter and I on social media. I am at RedshirtKing on Twitter. And Walter, where can the nice people find you? You guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL. And come back tomorrow. It is the last team we have saved. Well, I would say the best for last, but I'll say we saved the most personally heartbreaking for last. If you've been a fan of these podcasts since before we started doing these previews, you know exactly where we're going next. And I can't stomach the idea of talking about it alone. So we'll have a special guest joining us for that part. But until then, goodbye, Internet.